Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. Join Pastor Kevin Bordeaux as he explores the word giving insightful solutions for day-to-day challenges. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Welcome to Thrive Church this morning. How's everyone doing? Good, good. Glad to have you guys with us. Um, And if you're a first-time guest with us, I want to say that we're honored to have you here, that you would choose to worship with us, and you would get up at 9 a.m. to come be with us. I love y'all. I don't know you yet, but I really love you. Um, And if you're a first-time guest, make sure you fill out your connection card, put it in the blue basket beside the TV. We'd love to stay in touch with you. And as I say every week, we will not come visit you. So no fears about that uh, there. Good to have you guys with us today. Um, Important tonight, and Pastor Keith will show a little more at the end of our experience today, but something called 301 Partnership we're hosting tonight. 5.45 p.m. for those who want to be partners with us. That's what we call members. Um, We don't have members. We're partnered together to do God's work. Um, We're not a social club to have members. We're not a golf course. Amen? Um, And so tonight, 301-545, if you're not a partner yet and you've been coming to Thrive, you've been through Newcomer's Coffee, you're serving or part of a group, come out to that. If you are an existing partner or member, tonight at 7, uh, right here, I'm going to meet with all of our existing partners for what we call 401, and that's leadership development. So if you're a partner or member, be here tonight, 7 o'clock. I'm excited about sharing where we have been, what's going on, where we're going, and then some important leadership principles. But you didn't come to hear all that today, did you? Turn in your Bibles this morning to 2 Kings 4, 1. 2 Kings 4, 1. We're in the third week of a series called Elisha. And we've been looking at this Old Testament hero named Elisha for the past several weeks. Uh, The first week, I talked to you about burning cows and burning plows. Y'all remember that, right? Last week, I had a shovel, talked to you about digging ditches. Well, today, I'm going to talk to you about empty jars. And so go ahead and turn to 2 Kings 4, 1. Hudson Taylor said this. He was a missionary to China, one of the first ones who broke through to China, and he had this to say about provision. He said, our heavenly father is a very experienced one. He knows very well that his children wake up with a good appetite every morning. And everyone said amen. He sustained three million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. And here's what he said about China, because that's where he was at. We do not expect that he will send three million missionaries to China, but if he did, he would have ample means to sustain them all, depend on it. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. If you feel like you're on empty today, or maybe your marriage is on empty, or your bank account is on empty, and you're trying to do something for God and you feel like you don't have enough, This message is just for you. And we're going to look at a widow today who had the same problem that you had. Look at 2 Kings 4.1, and I want to just draw you to this, this scripture here. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. That means she hollered at him. Cried out's the biblical way. Some of you couples know you holler at each other. Sometimes we have to do that. We cry out. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing here at all, she said. Watch this. Except a small jar 
of olive oil. Let's pray. Father, this morning we are thankful to gather in your presence, God. I am so grateful, Lord, uh, to have the freedom to gather. And God, we ask this morning that as we come together to hear your word, to worship you, um, Lord, that we would worship you with our minds. We would engage our minds and our hearts to receive your word today. And God, I pray that as I share this message, it would not be a sermon, it would not be a, a message, but God, it would be something from your heart to these dear people's hearts today, God. We give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll notice something about this lady we just shared is that we don't know her name. There's no name given there. She is a widow, of course, and most scholars believe that she was Obadiah's wife. You're like, okay, who's Obadiah? Um, Obadiah was a minor prophet in the Old Testament, which meant that, that he actually cared in the Old Testament for other prophets. He was a leader of the prophets, and so he cared. About 50 prophets he cared for. And most scholars believe that during this time of caring for the prophets that he died. So prophets were like preachers. So he had a, a bunch of preachers he cared for. And the wife is in trouble. I mean, her husband's caring for all these preachers and then he dies. Now the creditors are coming to take her sons as slaves that can't pay the bill. That's pretty serious. And she's a little upset because she says, my son served, my husband served the Lord. And now you want, he's, the son's going to be taken away? Is that what I get for serving God? And she's very depressed. She's very distraught. And she has a major need in her life. Imagine a woman in her early 30s, a widow, in that culture not being able to find a job, unemployable because women didn't have jobs back then. Very oppressive culture in that day and time. And now the only livelihood she has are two sons who are going to be taken away. Now, I call that a graduate-level problem, right? But see, many of us in America don't—we're like, oh, man, that's tough. Ah. But we don't experience that, do we? We have a lot of us in here what I call life's smaller problems. Or you may say first-world problems. For instance, the GPS on your iPhone carried you to the wrong four-star restaurant. When you got to the four-star restaurant, they put too much goat cheese on your salad. Or maybe McDonald's left pickles on your hamburger. God forbid that somebody do that and you throw up a fit. And some of you in here have life's smaller problems. Listen to me. You took a selfie this week, and your self-shot only got seven likes. I mean, you even did the duck face. You did the self-shot. And you even did the depressed look. And you only got seven likes, and you're so depressed that that guy or that girl that you want to get their attention did not like your photo. I am so sorry. But others of us in here have graduate-level problems. And you're coming here today because you are in the same situation that this lady is in. Maybe this week you found out that your spouse was cheating on you and it's been devastating to you. Maybe you've had to face a divorce this year and it's broken your heart. Some of you are watching your children go down paths you never thought they would go down. And you're crying out to God to do something because you know if they continue on that path, they're going to be in trouble. Others of you are so stressed with your financial and your money situation. It's tough. You're living week to week. But man, what do I do? And you feel like that you're in the same place that this lady's in. And some of you in here have health issues that you're battling. 
You're like, God, I need a miracle. I need healing from you because of what is happening. You have a graduate level problem for you guys that have life smaller problems today. This may not help you. But if you have a graduate level problem today, this is going to help you. And here's one of the key thoughts for today. When you don't have what you really want, you will discover God is what you really need. When you don't have what you really want, you will discover that God is what you really need. How does Elisha respond to this problem? I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I believe God's going to come through. You know, you see the guys on TV that do that. Here's what Elisha does. You would not want him as your pastor, really, because here's what he says. How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And then she says, I have nothing at all except, except this few small jars of olive oil. He asks her, what does she have? See, leaders do that. When somebody comes to you with an issue or a problem, you want to find out what they already have in their inventory. People don't need handouts, they need hand-ups. Which means you, you pull them up and say, well, well let's, let's inventory. And that's what leaders do. Leaders don't come in and just pat you on the back and hug you and cry. They want to find out what do you have in your house. And that's what Elisha does because she was depressed. And you know when you're going through depression, it's okay because we all face it. It's, It's like nothing goes right. It makes you focus on what you don't have instead of what you do have. For instance, you may say, my house isn't nice enough. I couldn't host a community group. Because we know God only hovers over granite countertops and stainless steel. And if I don't have that, God will not move. That's not true. (laughs) That's not true. Some of you say, I need more money to be happy. Well, some of us just need more money to get our bills paid, right? I can agree with you on that. We can both agree. But more money is not going to make you happy. I need a better job because I'm just sick of this one. Do you remember when you were so happy when you got the interview for the job that you, that you have right now? And you were so glad that God came through and the very thing you were happy about and praising God about and posting about, now you're cursing it? It got really quiet in here. Nobody said amen because that's what we, we do. And I had to always remind myself of that when I worked for a government agency in Florida is, man, I'm telling you what, that job was difficult, 11 hours a day. And I remember the day that I drove up to that, that uh, headquarters and I interviewed for that job and God gave me that job and I had to be grateful for it. Um, ladies, can I pick on y'all for a second? There's more ladies than men in here, I think, so I got to be careful. I don't have any shoes. Sweetheart, just listen. You've got enough clothes to clothe a small army in another country. Right? And a lot of times we think we don't have enough. We, we, we need more. We've got to have this. And there are times when God calls you to do things when you don't have enough. Let's just be real. And that's the way God works. If you wait to have everything before you do what God's called you to do, you're going to still be waiting. So what do you do in life when you don't have much and you know you need more to do what God's called you to do? I need more time, God. I need more energy. I need more strength. I may need more finances. Where are you at today? Well, I want to share with you two solutions for what do you do when you don't have much. You can write these in your talk notes. And 2 Kings 4.2 is the first point. I want you to, to write this down for your first point in 2 Kings 4.2. Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. 
Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Look at 2 Kings 4.2. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. I mean, this lady has been through Hades, if I can say that in a polite way. Life hurts at this point. She doesn't have a minor problem or a smaller problem. She has a graduate-level problem. And Elisha tells her to take an inventory of her house because she has something called olive oil. And I was scared to put oil in here because if it spills, it, you know, it stains and doesn't. I'm pretty goofy. And I don't trust myself, so I didn't put oil in here because my luck it would fall and splatter and we'd always see olive oil up here. But olive oil in that day and time was a precious commodity. All I have, Elisha, is some olive oil. See, in that day and time, you used it to cook with, kind of like we do today. You used it for lighting lanterns. You even used it to keep leather pliable. You used it to anoint leaders. It was used as an offering unto God. She had something in the house. And she said, I have nothing at all. And so Elisha encourages her to look at what she has. Because listen, our God specializes in doing a lot with just a little. I mean, think about it in the Bible. Jesus feeds 5,000. It's recorded in every gospel. A little boy offers what he has to God. The disciples are like, we don't have enough. And God in his hands, multiplies that for the multitudes. Amen? You, you look again, when, when, when you're studying the Bible, you see David and Goliath. A whole army is scared of this giant, terrified, hiding. And they're saying, I think he's, he's too big to take down. And David says, with the help of my God and these little stones here, I believe he's too big to miss. And see, when you have faith like that and you look at the little things you already have, you'll realize that God specializes in doing a lot with just a little bit. Moses is going to approach the most powerful leader in the world. Get this picture. The most powerful leader in the world who hates his people, by the way. And he feels God say, go to that leader. He says, God, what am I going to do? God says, take that stick. You can go with, you can go with a stick. It's like, okay, I mean, Rambo had a whole arsenal. Chuck Norris is unbelievable. And you're going to give me a stick to approach the greatest leader in the world who hates our people? And God says, it's a stick in your hand. But when I touch it, it becomes supernatural. And Moses saw freedom brought to millions of people because he took the little bit that he had and trusted God with it. See, all you have is all God needs. Look in your house right now. Look at your life right now. And you're like, well, I'm not a good enough speaker. I'm not this. I'm not that. When we don't have a lot of faith in God, you will always say we can't because we don't. But when you have faith in God, you'll say we can because we don't. Did anybody get that? See, see, God works in those situations. I'm, when, I'm, when I planted the church in Florida, I had a five-string acoustic guitar. Now, if you're a musician, you're saying, that's interesting because I've never heard of a five-string acoustic guitar. Was it a bass? No, it wasn't. If you're not a musician, you may think, well, that's good. He bought a five-string at Musician's Friend or Sam Ash. No, it was broken. <laughs> I had a five-string broken guitar that was in a car wreck that actually cracked. 
And I had this laptop that froze up on every song. It tested your sanctification. I mean, you know, during the worship service, I mean, you're seeing how much you really love God. And I was so frustrated one day. I, you know, I'm, I'm working a full-time job trying to plant a church. I'm driving, and, and I'm, I'm arguing with God. God, why aren't you sending money? Why aren't you sending people? I have 10 people at this thing, and I'm, I've come to do this for you. I need resources. And I felt the Lord kind of say this to me. What do you have? I've got a stupid, broken guitar that I'm having to lead people through worship. I've got a laptop that would not have been fit for World War II. <laughs> And you want me to, to go in and change lives with this? He said, yeah, exactly. He says, I, you can do more with my help with those things than you can with 100 people and $100,000 if you'll just trust me. Why? Because God can do a lot with just a little bit. And stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. You've got to work what you got, baby. <laughs> work it. What is in the house? Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Start letting God work in your marriage with what you have. Start letting God work in your finances with what you have. Start serving God with the time that you have now. Don't wait. Here's the second point this morning in 2 Kings 4, 3. What do you do when you don't have much? And here's the second point in 2 Kings 4, 3. Offer God what you have and trust him to give you what you need. Now look at 2 Kings 4.3. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. I love this here. Go around asking for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your Sons, Again, you see killing plan B as we talked about in week one. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each one is filled, put it to the side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. Watch this now. When all the jars were full, that's of olive oil, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then they'll all stop flowing. Let me just say this real quick. If they would have had the faith to keep getting more empty jars, they'd have had more oil. When you believe God and trust Him, you have to trust Him. When you believe God and trust Him, you have to trust Him. And, they, and the boys, I guess, stopped on the fourth house and decided they had enough of this already. It stopped flowing. But watch what happens. Even sometimes when our faith lags. And I love this because there's just teachings out there that if you have enough faith and you believe enough, then God will, will just show up if you have enough faith. There's times you don't have enough faith and you don't have the strength to believe and you're tired and you're worn out and, and you stop short and God still meets you. Uh, that, that, those teachings are baloney. If I just had enough faith, I'd get more. Sometimes you don't have enough faith. And that's what it says in, in Galatians 2.20 that we had the faith of the Son of God. Sometimes he meets us when we don't have enough there. And that's free. That, that wasn't even the notes, but that's for you. No offering required. I'm not going to see any, any magic angels or, or oil. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Could you imagine 
what this story would make in the headlines of today's news. Poor widow broke, helps out, listens to prophet, and takes all she has left to try to get more by obeying him. I mean, it'd go crazy. He takes this widow who has nothing left and asks her to take the little bit she has left and offer it to God. Your second point is this. Offer God what you have and then trust him to give you what you need. You've got to realize that God specializes in this. You may say, God, I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. Offer him what you do have. Offer him your life today because God will specialize in doing it when you don't think you're good enough and you don't think that you have enough. And when you need more from God, let me just tell you, don't stop giving it away. Do you hear me, church? Life Church, who gave us the material for the series here and all this, they did this, LifeChurch.tv in Oklahoma City. And Craig Rochelle share, shared the story of their biggest breakthrough as a church. About 10 years ago, when preachers sold tapes and CDs, you've seen that, and they also their tapes and CDs, and you get it and all that. Well, Life Church was creating these really good videos and, and sermon packets and doing all this, and churches were calling and saying, man, can we buy these from you? Great material, great video and graphics. We love it. And at that time, Live Church was maxed out. They were doing eight weekend services. And all of our volunteer staff and staff just cringed. <laughs> eight weekend, they, they couldn't pay for a building. They had nothing else they could do. They were maxed out, couldn't hire any more staff members, had no more money. It'd be a good idea to sell some tapes and CDs, wouldn't it? Right? Says the wise businessman. Let's sell some tapes and CDs. Craig Rochelle and the team, though, said, let's do something that's never been done before. We're going to give all this stuff away for free to any church who wants it. And they set up a website where any church in the world can go there and get stuff for free because we can't afford to pay a graphic designer, can we? He did that, and since then, Live Church has become one of the biggest churches in America. Their buildings are paid for debt-free. And the story goes back, when you offer God what you have, he will then give you what you need. It's the same way we were at Thrive, man. I mean, we were 300 people in one service. I'm like, what do we do? Even our fire code, we can't get any more than 300 in the building or they'll shut us down. What do we do? We're parking illegally, man. We're like trying to do everything we can. What in the world do we do? We had to go to two services. Now, now, we didn't have the money to go do stuff. We didn't have all that. But what we did have was availability to the Lord and faith. And as we said, God, we'll split it. We'll do two services and believe you to fill up both of them and change lives in the process. And we offered God what we had. I want you to realize something. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this. And this is where it's going to take a turn for the, for the better here. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. When Elisha asked her to get jars, he didn't give her what size jar, did he? See, these jars don't look like regular jars. They're, they're, they're shaped different for a reason. He didn't ask her to get clear or dark or green. He said, we just need jars. I don't care if they're that big or if this is big. We just need jars. First Corinthians 4, 7 says that you and I are jars. We're jars of clay. 
So you're looking at the story and you're thinking about the jar as an object in your house, but really you and I are the jars. And what God is asking in our life, if we will empty ourselves out of ourselves and we'll get rid of everything in us, pride, jealousy, greed, lust, all those things, we empty ourselves out, then God can fill it with the oil. See, oil represents the Holy Spirit. And when you empty yourself out of all that you are, you say, God, I'm tired of it, I'm tired of it, tired of it, and then you do this here, he fills you up with his oil, with his presence of his spirit. And friends, all he needs this morning is somebody saying, I'm going to be an available vessel. And I close with this. You've heard it said before, think outside the box, haven't you? Can I flip the switch for a second? You need to think inside the box. What is the box? The box is limitations. How far you can go, what you can do, how tall you are like myself. I believe God can use short preachers. Amen. The box is your limitations. Not enough money, not enough smarts, not enough height, not enough people, not enough this. That, that's your box. Instead of trying to think outside of that, won't you let God into your limitations? Let God in the box to where you think you don't have enough, you're not enough, you've got these issues, and let God get in the box and transform the box. Amen? Because he wants to take you right where you're at today, guys, and use you. Some of y'all are like, man, when I get good enough, I'm going to try out for varsity. God's like, you will never be good enough to make my team. You just have to show up, and I'm going to pick you. You can't shoot a lick, you can't dribble, you can't pass, but I still want you. And when you get on my team, I'll teach you everything that you need. What God's looking for this morning, guys, is just a few empty vessels. A few empty vessels. If you will, bow your head and close your eyes in here. As you're sitting there with your head bowed and your eyes closed, this is a chance for you to focus on the Lord. I want you to think about right now where you're at. What have you been saying I need more of to do what God's called me to do? Or I need to be this to do what God's called me to do? What has been your lack? Think about it right now. What have you said recently, if I just had this, I could do this? And whatever that is right now, the Lord is saying to you by way of the scripture, he wants to use you even while you have that. I got this problem and you don't understand. The Lord's saying today to you, yeah, I do understand. And I want you with your problem, with your issue today. If you're sitting in here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're saying, man, I want to be an empty vessel, the first thing you've got to do is be available and say, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. I want him to be my Lord. I want him to be my God. And you know, I've walked away from him. I've not been living for him. Or maybe you've never accepted Christ ever in your life as your Savior. If today you're saying, man, today's the day for me. I want to accept Christ as my Savior. And, and you're saying that between you and God, you just lift your hand to the Lord right now. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is your time right now. God brought you to this service just for this time right here. Make that commitment and say, I'm coming to you, God. I'm making my Lord, my Savior, Jesus. So anybody here says that, I'll, I'll do that this morning. For the rest of you in here. 
If you're sitting in here and you're saying, Kevin, I have been speaking about limitations and what's holding me back all this week, and this spoke to me. I've been looking at what I don't have and all my deficiencies, but today I realize all God needs is an available empty vessel. And you're saying, I need prayer that I'll empty myself out. If that's you today, just lift your hands. That's me. I need to empty myself out. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you right now. I want you right where you're sitting to make this a sacred time to present yourself to the Lord. And right where you're sitting, let me pray for you. Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would fill up those who are emptying themselves out today. Fill them with the power of your spirit. Fill them with your love. Fill them with your grace. And God, I pray that every time they see a limitation, they would invite you into that limitation. It may be a physical illness. It may be a, a disability. It may be something, Lord, lack of money, a lack of time. God, whatever the situation is, today I ask that they would invite you in, Lord, that they would invite you in to who they are. And so, Lord, we welcome you into our box today. We welcome you into our limitations, and we're expecting, God, to see you fill the jars of olive oil up. God, we thank you for this, and we believe this in Jesus' name.